Your story. It lives in River City. Where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel. Where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another. Where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha. Told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Good evening, everyone. This is the Mile High Huddle podcast. And Zach, I don't know how hard you have to focus on saying that because I've called it the Mile High Puddle podcast more than (laughs) once. So I have to think about it just a little bit. I'm Scott Kennedy filling in for at least one more time for our good friend Chad Jensen. Uh, The football deacon, I guess, is what y'all have started to call me. I kind of like it, so I'm going to embrace it. And over here on this side, you know him. This is Zach sitting in the in the pilot seat. I'm in the co-pilot seat, and this is the Mile High Huddle podcast on a Monday night. And Zach, how are you doing tonight? Don't adjust your screens, guys. I don't know why I look so red. I assure you, I wasn't taken over by an evil tomato. I wasn't in the sun for an extended period, but uh, I'm as pale as I usually am, but I look extra red today. I'm doing well, though, Scott. I hope you're doing well as well. We're both celebrating, in a sense, the uh, Avalanche Stanley Cup victory. First time in what, 22 years, I think it is, 21 years. So uh, it's a good time, long time coming for Avs fans. And like I put out on Twitter last night, first the Avalanche, next the Broncos, City of Champions. There's really only one reason I care at all, to be perfectly honest with you. And it's for Michaela Parker. That's the only reason I care. That's the only reason I paid attention to who won. Let me see, did the Avs win last night? Michaela's gonna be happy. Michaela's happy. I'm happy. That's just a pretty good rule. That's a pretty good rule. Otherwise, I don't care, but I care because Michaela cares, and I want Michaela to be happy. Michaela was ready to turn off the game, and she was ready to jump ship after every lightning goal, so I'm happy you hung in there, Michaela. And when the, listen, when the Broncos season rolls around, they go down a touchdown, don't turn off the TV. Similar fate will await the Broncos. A lot of wins and maybe even a trophy. You never know. I missed uh, – I think a lot of y'all know I went to Auburn, and – um I grew up in Atlanta, though, so I wasn't a huge uh, Auburn fan at all until I, you know, like my second, third year. It took me a while, but I remember 2003, the Auburn Tigers were ranked like third in the country, and it took him three games because of poor offensive coordinators to score a touchdown, three games to score a touchdown. And I remember thinking, all right, I'm unhappy when they win because they should have won by more, and I'm miserable when they lose. I need a new hobby. I need something else to do. I did not watch a single game in 2004 and they went undefeated they went undefeated you tell me you know when you take want to take like an egomaniac thinking the world doesn't revolve around him and you do something like that so yes Michaela I put in there earlier I'd rather turn it off and watch the and and listen and have them win and enjoy the success from a distance than turn it on and be miserable and have them lose so uh, it might not have been the worst thing. Now that you've got that under your belt, though, now it's like, hey, they won one. I can watch all the games next year. I can bask in this glow for another 
at least five years before I start talking about them being here. But welcome in, Mikhail, and congratulations to all of the Avs fans out there. And as Kevin comes in and says, super win for the Avs, now it's time for the Broncos to bring on the pads yes. and let's ride. Yep. Nice to get that over with. Yes. It's almost the 4th of July. We'll get that moving. And then before you know it, the, the boys will be back in uh, with, with pads on playing football for real. Yeah, my dad used to say that July 4th, summer is over. You know, schools are right, right around the corner. It always seemed to be true, and it's the same thing applies to training camp and football. Uh, once July 4th rolls around, now that hockey season's over with and no one really uh, is paying too much attention to the Rockies this year, unfortunately. Next up is football season. That's my season. I cannot wait for it. We are at 77 days, 11 weeks from right this second. Russell Wilson will be preparing to cook his first Broncos W against his former team. I cannot wait. That's crazy. The 4th of July. Um, my son did uh, first grade up in New Jersey public schools, and they didn't get out of school till like June 21st. And, well, they get out of school here before Memorial Day down in, down in Georgia, down in Atlanta. They're out like May 25th. So, which means you start back about August 3rd, August 4th, the first week of August. So, we didn't tell him that, and we figured it out. It's like, okay, we... As soon as we moved, as soon as school was out, end of June, when do we go back to school? August 4th. What? I lost a month of summer vacation? What is this? This is crap. Yeah, you got screwed, buddy. I'm, I'm sorry. So, yeah, I always think of, uh, I always think of, you know, June, August, June, September, June, July, and August, but really, as hot as it stays down here, August doesn't, summer doesn't quit until the end of September in the South, for goodness sakes. Don't get me started on the summer. Uh, I know that when I was in school, though, we would get out like mid-June and go back. My birthday is August 3rd, so we were never in school on my birthday. It was always like the week after, and it seems like nowadays, less and less, you know, it's earlier and earlier. Every year they're getting out. You mentioned like late May. It's it's three weeks. You're losing at least from summer break, and that kind of sucks. Um, I've got a couple people in the chat uh, on Facebook. Greg Smith says, Evening Broncos Country and Josh uh, Packer. Let me know if y'all are able to see the stream at all, because it's not, uh, you know, Josh comes in and says, FY uh, Broncos versus Packers is on NFL network right now. Um, I'm not able to see the stream on this side. So somebody give me a thumbs up and I'll see it. And if I don't see it in like the next 60 seconds, I'm going to, I'm going to try and reconnect it. So I want to make sure again that it says we're on, but I'm not able to see it on my end of things. You know what I am? Able to see on my end of things just fine when you come in hot pink. Michaela Bomb. The Fuchsia Warrior here. <laughs> and uh, the Michaela Bomb saying, on, a, on an interesting point, I watched Parnas show with a guest saying how much Fangio was hated and how all the injuries were mainly his fault. He'd run them ragged, telling them they needed to callous their bodies and not feel pain. Good riddance. Um, okay, and then we got several people saying it's good. Okay, so for, my, for some reason, it's not showing on, on my side, Phil and Greg, so thank you. Um... I think another part of that, Michaela, is when you're playing for a dead man walking who you don't want to play for, you don't play. Right. So little nicks and bruises become, you know, coach, I'm, I'm out this week. Right. I'm not feeling it. And when you are held accountable and when you are in a healthy competition and when you are pushing to win something, you, you play through those nicks and bruises and types of things. So it's, a, it's twofold there where – you know, I, I've said a zillion times, maybe week five, I saw this team quit on Fangio. I said dead men walking as soon as as soon as week five or six of last season. I'm like, these guys have quit. They're done. They're done. This guy's gone. 
uh, you know, forget, oh, if they win this game or this game in the last couple of weeks of the season, they're gone. So uh, I believe that. I also believe part of it was just this dude's gone. We're, we're going to be here. He's not. I'm, I'm, I'm protecting myself. And if, if I'm a little hurt, I'm not playing. Yeah, I'm not going to say the Broncos players didn't want to play for Vic, though it could be the case. But I think like you hit on Scott, after a while, they realized his firing was inevitable. And why would you want to stay on a sinking ship? You want to protect your own investments and your own interests. And that's why the report came out prior to week 17, that finale, the Broncos were playing for the locker room, not for their coaches. And, you know, to use an example of this, look at 2019. They gave Juwan James all that money and he misses the entire year, plays 60 snaps because of of the can't pronounce it, a meniscus issue that uh, limited him. And he could have played reportedly, but he didn't choose to. The thing about the injuries, though, Michaela brings up a point that Chase Wilner has brought up in the in the comments a few podcasts uh, now. And uh, there was a, uh, I forget his name, Mario. He's a chiropractor in the Denver area, knows a lot of Broncos players as clients, and he's familiar with Lauren Landau. And basically what Chase relayed, from what uh, from Mario said is that Landau went to Fangio and said, you're pushing these guys too hard. You're doing it all wrong. And Fangio dismissed him. And uh, it's basically laying the blame for the injuries at Fangio's feet. The only thing I, I wouldn't be surprised given Fangio's nature, but the thing is Landau precedes Vic Fangio. He was here a full year before Vic Fangio and the injuries remain consistent. So maybe it's a combination of both guys. Yeah, that's that's something that, that I was going to bring up, and, and you you kind of hit on that right now. I was like, well, guess who's still there? You know, if if it lends some credence to that, you know, just reading the tea leaves from the outside, that I I went to the general manager and I voiced my concerns about what the coach was doing to save my own ass. Like, listen, I'm getting tossed under the bus. I hear these guys out here all the time blaming me for this, and I'm. I don't want to do it that you don't put me in front of a microphone and let me be accountable and answer some of these questions. And I'm not going to throw the coaching staff under the bus anyway. You know, I'll say something, Hey, we do our best to keep them prepared and injuries happen and some freak stuff like that. But it lends credence to the fact that Lando voiced his concerns behind the scenes when he was kept on. I, uh, I, I, uh, I agree with you. And as Chase says, you know, how bad were injuries before Vic? I know Lando has been there before that. Um, you know, injuries happen, you know, they do. You start looking at the types of injury, the, the injury is a soft, you know, someone, Oh, he, yeah. he broke an ankle, man. There's, there's nothing you can do about right. that. When hamstrings start going, the two torn pectorals is the yeah. craziest thing I've ever heard. I've said that before. That's the craziest thing I've seen. A, I've seen back-to-back Achilles injuries in 22 year old, uh, uh, soccer players within two weeks of each other on the same team, you know, Achilles. Okay. That makes sense. But pectorals, Zach, we could go another 10 years and not hear about two football players, tear a pectoral. That's just, that's just weird. Um, you know, it's also not weird. It's Michael coming in here. So this is for the abs and Broncos fans. Let's ride and go Broncos. Michael, you and Michaela, uh, Thank you so much. A mile high salute to you as well. Um, appreciate you being here, kicking us off on it, getting the week started. We had this discussion last night. Some people say their week starts on a Sunday. I'm fine with that. You start the week whenever you want to. You know, some people have Mondays off and their week starts on Tuesday. For me, this is kicking the week off. This is Monday is the, the first day of the week. So thanks for, for getting us started on a, on a high note for sure, Michael. 
kicking it off with a Ronkia bomb. I think that's where we're going we're gonna to trademark it that way. But, you know, Scott, just uh, to touch on what you said about the injuries, you nailed it. it. It wasn't that there were injuries. It was the types of injuries, soft tissue, lower body injuries. It's been a theme since 2018. And who's the guy that was around since 2018? That would be Lauren Landau. And thank you, Michaela. It was Mile High Mario. You can find him on Twitter. Again, he's close with a lot of Broncos players. He treats them as clients, and apparently he heard some not-so-good things about Fangio. And the, the only thing that would lead me to believe that there's a lot of credibility behind this is that accountability, Scott, was absent in the Fangio regime. You know, he never took accountability. Tom McMahon never took accountability. No one did. No quarterback did. It was an accountability-less environment that Fangio harbored. So I can see him always wanting to pass the buck off to somebody else. In well-conditioned athletes, pulled muscles are a sign of fatigue and dehydration are two of the bigger things that can get to that. And you're not going to be dehydrated, for goodness sake, I would hope. Fatigue can can do so. If you're overworked, your body says, enough, enough. You know what I can't get enough of, though? Pobby. Good gracious. The ladies of Mile High Huddle. Wow. Keeping the lights on. Keeping my forehead good and shiny. Keeping Zach ghostly. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and coming in out of out of uh, out of the screen for us, and Tommy says Zach and Scott rock. You rock. Who rocks? There was a basketball player. His name was Darren Hancock. Way back in the day, like one of those LeBrons that didn't quite ever make it, and it was who rocks? Hancock rocks. Uh, Poppy rocks. Zach and Scott rock. Good to see you all. It's good to see you. I, I say it's uh, Poppy. We don't see you often, but when it's like Haley's comment, when we do, it's pretty spectacular. You come in and announce your presence with authority. So we are certainly glad to have you here, and we hope things are going well for you. Great to see you, Poppy. And I like how she took the extra step and put that B by her name for Poppy Bomb, because that's exactly what it is. Poppy, you are the greatest. Great to see you. Thank you so much for your contribution, and uh, you rock. Seriously, hope you're doing well. Uh, Lawrence comes in, he's throwing some stars, getting us started on Facebook, says, I probably didn't catch your thoughts on it, and I was just going to ask, who was better, offense or defense? What's the context here? Do you remember? Better, Overall. Better at what? I don't know. Come back to us, Lawrence. We'll we'll, we'll get you in there. So, um, On paper, will... probably offense, honestly. Uh, who was better, offense or defense? Um Right now, I'd say offense. Yeah, I have less questions on offense than defense. If I'm saying, you know, who's who's going to be the the leader of this team, the leaders of this team, I think you're going to be known more as an offensive team than a defensive team. And how quickly that changed with a culture change and a quarterback change. You know, Nathaniel Hackett, he's going to want to air it out. I can just totally picture him being the guy that's like, okay, we gave him a score. So what? We got the ball back. Yes, I got the ball back. Coach, they just kept seven. I don't care. I want the ball. Give me the ball. We'll get it back. We'll get it back. It was super hyper on the sidelines. Over-caffeinated Nathaniel Hackett out there would, would totally fit in the vibe. It'd be like Russell Wilson be like, Coach, chill. We got this. It's okay. Calm he, down. It's like Matt Hasselbeck. Give me the ball and I'm going to score. That's Nathaniel Hackett's <laughs> mindset every single week. And you know, my, my theory on this is the defense could be a top five unit. They could be one of the best in the NFL. But Russell Wilson as a quarterback is better than any player the Broncos have on defense. That includes Simmons. That includes Sertan. When you have a franchise quarterback, that side of the ball automatically takes precedence. So I'm going offense as well. I'm going to hit Tanner. Tanner feels like a little bit of a newer name to me, so welcome in. Mm-hmm. Tanner says, I'm honestly surprised Fangio didn't get a de- defensive coordinator job somewhere. Guy can really run a good defense. Head, head coach, not so much. If he wanted a job, he could have one. Um, he's in his 60s. At least he looks it. 
Um, he looks like he's in his 60s and just is coming off a eight-figure contract where he got a payout to not have to coach. He doesn't ever have to coach again, have, never have to do anything he wants to again. He can sit back watch everybody else nitpick. And then when he gets that itch again, when, when, when camp starts coming up and games start playing, the football coaches will say, I, I need to get back out there. I want to be back out there. So he won't have any problems getting another job. If he wants one right now, it's on his timeline and, you know, getting a guaranteed contract affords you that benefit, something that we don't necessarily afford our players as much as our coaches it's a pretty convenient excuse, you know, plausible deniability from Fangio's point of view saying, you know, I can sit back, I'm getting paid to take a year off. I can choose what I want, but this is the same guy who on his way out said, I'll have a job in five minutes if they fire me. Well, the time is still ticking. He doesn't have a job. He's taking the year off. <laughs> I just question how, I don't know. I mean, great defensive coordinator. I don't think Scott will ever be a head coach again at the either. NFL level. DC would be the highest <laughs> opportunity, but he is also, he was at 49ers minicamp, I believe, uh, scouting the practice. So he might take some senior advisor role. Consultant. Uh, his, yeah. His days mm -hmm. as a head coach, though, were a thing of the past. Yeah. Come in as a consultant where you can, you know, who's who's that guy this year for the Broncos? Dom Capers? Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. you know, do something like that where you've got, you've got input. You get to go to the park as much as you want to. Go to the yard and, and work, be in football without having to deal with all the other BS. You know, and I, I, I see that a lot with the, the really good coordinators. They're, they're not man management people. They're not head coaches. They're not managers. They're, they, what they want to do is, this, you know, especially someone like Fangio that had been so long before becoming a head coach, is they, they are the X's and O's. They like the schemes. That's what they like. They don't like dealing with people. They don't like dealing with press. They don't like dealing with any of that other stuff. And Fangio was awful at it. He was terrible at it. Um, so he's gotten paid, and now he can do whatever the hell he wants to do. So I'll be interested to see. Uh, um, <laughs> David says, Scott, I really respect. David uh, Bingaman comes in. I really respect your football acumen analysis, but I'd love to debate the guaranteed contracts issue. David, there wouldn't be any debate here because you wouldn't be able to change my mind. Uh, so there's no point in debating. Um, the, the, you know, I, I saw your comments on this, you know, no one's forcing them to sign and the, the collective bargaining and all this stuff. No, no, not when you're dealing with a government enforced monopoly and an unholy alliance between the NFL and the NCAA, I would be okay with that frame of view if there was an alternative, but we take these kids at eight years old and we run them through the system where they don't know anything else. And we just say, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to go to college and be a student athlete. We're going to put you through that charade. And then you're going to get drafted in the NFL and there's no alternatives, none. So that's not choice. Um, we're well compensated. It is a glamorous thing and it is well compensated, but it's not the open market by any stretch of the imagination. And all the power is with the people in the league, uh, especially the college is worse. It's, it's 10 times worse than uh, the, the NFL. <clears throat> but I would like to see the NFL follow a couple of things I'd like to see, and, and then I'll, I'll get off on this, Zach. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see the NFL follow MLB when it comes to the draft and not make the kids the uh, declare, okay, I'm giving up my amateurism and I have to declare for the NFL draft. No, you're the billion-dollar industry. The risk should be on you, not these, some of these poor kids who are chasing rabbits in Pahokee who have never had two nickels 
to rub, uh, you know, chasing rabbits in the sugarcane field so they'll have dinner. And I'm not exaggerating on this stuff either. Um, and, and then they go and they're, they're put onto the indentured servitude of NCAA football for three years before they try and make a living in the NFL. And they have no idea what to do with their lives. Um, don't make them give up college in order to give a shot at the NFL. In, in MLB, you can be drafted five times, maybe even six times. And it's up to me to say, Zach, I know you're a third-year guy at uh, shortstop for Vanderbilt. I'm going to draft you. This is what I'm going to offer you. It's up to me to convince you to say I'm leaving Vanderbilt. That's how it should be. I'm the billion-dollar business. That's, that's the big one for me. And then guarantee the contracts. And, and you wouldn't hear nearly as much out of me. Anyway, off soapbox. Scott, be like, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I got nothing more to add, man. We killed that one. I have Pop, uh, not Pop, excuse me, Michaela. I never mean to mix you up. Never would mix you guys up. Michaela Parker, the Duchess, $1.99 super. Thank you so much, Michaela. She says Fangio blamed everyone but himself. Yes, every single person from the quarterback to the coordinator to the ball boy to the water boy. It was everyone else's fault but Fangio. And that's where he finds himself where he does right now. Scott, which is unemployment. I, uh, I like how Steve Spurrier blamed other people. You know, it's not your fault. We just didn't coach you up well enough. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's, and I have a friend that played for Spurrier, and he said, like, that's kind of how he would suck us under the bus. It's, it's not your fault that you're not good enough. We didn't do a good enough job of coaching you. Thanks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, listening to his press conferences, I, I said, I feel ridiculous ridiculous calling a 60 something year old man who I should be calling sir and mister an immature and childish. It made me feel ridiculous criticizing how he acted, which was immature and childish. Mm. And the worst one I ever saw was in a win, not even in a loss. The worst I ever saw was in a win, the smugness, the lack of awareness after the Dallas Cowboys win Mm. was sickening. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I'm like, this guy has absolutely no self-awareness at all. And he's, he's not, he's beyond a grown man. We're not even talking, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, Sean McVay are young. They're grown men. This is a grandfatherly type for God's sakes. It was, it was ridiculous. All right, I, off that soapbox. I, I don't want to be accused of ageism <laughs> again, Scott, by you, but Fangio was a sore winner and a sore loser. Look at after the Baltimore game, he gets on John Harbaugh for player safety. Like, if you want to stop him, then stop him. If you don't want him to complain, then actually tackle the guys and don't let him keep running the ball down your throat every down. But the epitome of the Fangio era, we're going to get off this because I it makes me sick actually talking about this still after so many years, was Tom McMahon former, thank God, special teams coordinator, getting up there every single week and saying these words. It was my fault. It was my fault. It's on me. You And for Fangio, you have an employee of yours. You have an underling saying, I'm not doing my job correctly. And Fangio not only uh, enabled that, but he made excuses for Tom McMahon and kept him around and added more players. Like it was the players. It was the personnel. It couldn't be the coaching. Right, Vic? Oh, I'm so happy. He's former head coach. Yeah, I don't mind. Um, I don't mind him saying that, you know. But again, eventually, it's like, okay, well, then do something about it. It falls on deaf ears after a while. You know, after a me. while, you need to say, listen, they're not doing what I told them to do, <laughs> and explain it. You know, what broke down here? Well, you know, this guy who's on a minimum salary, who we're going to cut anyway, uh, because he's a special teams player. It's not exactly like he's important here. Um, 
Ouch. Took the wrong angle. Took the wrong angle, ran the wrong assignment, do something, you know, eventually, you know, after 17 games of, yeah, that was my fault. Okay. I don't need to hear that anymore. Um, Lauren Trevera coming back in with some stars saying Josh McDaniel got a head coaching job. I wouldn't pass, pass Vic to land somewhere. It's about a 20 year age difference there though, is the key. Um, and Fangio's only 63. Um, but um, Josh McDaniel is 46 and an offensive guy. So he'll get another chance. Fangio's first chance was the Denver Broncos at close to 60 years old. And he's in his mid sixties now and was an adjunct. I think I use that word, right? Failure. I know I use that word, right? Uh, at the Denver Broncos. I couldn't believe he was kept after two years of that record, and there was no way he was staying three. So for me, the big difference for that one is is the age, is to give a, an offensive guy another chance. And, and Phil coming in with some stars. Appreciate you, Phil. Thanks for uh, helping us out on Facebook for sure. 63 in NFL years might as well be 83 or 93. That's so old. It's not that, you know, it's not that old, man. It's just not. I in, mean, in real life, it's not. No, but you look around and there's guys in their 60s everywhere. I mean, I can I can think of several just right off the top of my head. How old's Belichick? How old's Andy Reid? Um, you know, there there's and I don't know all the coaches, but there's 60s isn't that that old for for uh, isn't that uncommon? Let me put it that way. It's not that uncommon. Well, also offensive versus defensive. It's it's an mm-hmm. offensive league now, and Josh McDaniels has way more name recognition. He he was also the second in command behind Bill Belichick on that coaching staff. So he's always going to get that opportunity. And the way that Fangio flamed out, it's not just his teams on the field didn't produce. Scott called it out, how childish, how immature he was. He's just not cut out to be a head coach. Some people aren't. He's not. Yeah. Again, uh, we can move on from that. We're about 25 minutes in. Should we touch on our title? We should. Uh, You know, we can hear it. So we titled this show um, and and it kind of, Finishes, we started talking about, you know, camp battles yesterday, and we got into a few of them. Uh, wanted to get into a, another more uh, and just kind of extend the conversation that Zach and I had last night with y'all. Uh, and on this one, uh, we're, we're going off of um, a Jeff Legwald's article. And on part of his article, he was the ESPN did ask all their writers to come up with biggest camp surprise and, and positive surprise, at least for most of them. And, um, Jeff Legwald of ESPN, he mentioned cornerback Michael Ojemudia as being a positive surprise. Um, and it just, I'm just, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he says you'd, you'd find be hard pressed to find a player this side of quarterback Russell Wilson anyway, who has drawn more praise than Ojemudia during OTAs and minicamp. And that's good news. That's really good news. Now, you want to go from being a king of spring to being someone that can be counted on in the fall. For sure, and this is. But if there's any position, Zach, that translates with no pads. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Better to real football than any other, it's cornerback wide receiver in the coverages and matchups because... You know, some of these guys wear these little, you know, napkin for shoulder pads anyway. You can't really see them. They, they go as, as small as possible. And yes, there's hitting, but you can still get press coverage. You can still get physical. You're missing the threat of, you know, being shillelagh out there with a, with a hospital ball, like a real one, not a jump ball, but a real one. And, um, but the coverage, the throws, the route running translates fairly well to a real game. 
So hearing Ojemudia being out there and talking about do the Broncos have enough depth at defensive back, hearing Ojemudia's name out there is a positive. It's, a, it's certainly a positive. We will forever agree to disagree on the KJ Hamler injury. That's okay. So, you're wrong. That's, I think you're wrong. So we'll just keep it at that. Anyway, I it think was a like, bad throw. The, the bigger, the a bigger point ball is when you lead somebody into a hit, bang. Like if I throw a flare pass against an on rushing corner and I laying a guy out to dry and I run him into somebody, that's a hospital ball. Well, I think Legwald's wrong with his pick because I uh, you could go Ojemudia, but I, I think Bradley Chubb had a fantastic offseason, and I think um, Albert Okawebunam had a great offseason program as well. But for the sake of conversation, I'll talk about Michael Lowe. He has gotten a lot of praise, and third year for cornerbacks is when they start to break out. It's, it's such a tough position to translate from college to the pros. And he's been through injuries. He's been through the struggles. He's been roasted in coverage, but he's also made plays on the ball. You see the playmaking ability that Michael Lowe has. If he puts it all together, he could be a starting corner. He could be a long-term starting replacement for Ronald Darby if and when they move off that contract. So I'm excited to see Michael Lowe play. I'm not entirely sold on him yet. I wouldn't start him, for example, as cornerback two. But by the mm -hmm. end of the year, I think he could be in that position for sure. No, and, and Jeff even says that they were playing him like he would be the fourth quarterback, cornerback, you know, which is which is Fair. good. He's not talking about him. The three that are scheduled to be starters are fairly well entrenched uh, with Kwan Williams, Ronald Darby, Pat Sertan. But then the question is, okay. You're going to need, we said before, you're going to need at least six corners over the course of the season. So having Ojemudia step up, because yesterday we also talked about sometimes it feels like you're lacking depth. Everybody lacks depth. Everybody. Everybody's lacking depth at defensive back when you need so many of them. The difference is, is the drop-off. You've got really good starting corners in, in Denver. You have questions after that. See, everybody has questions after that, but they don't have – their ceiling's not up here, it's down here. So when they lose somebody, the drop-off isn't feel as steep and as scary because they're not very good. You're really good. So it's scary to think what happens if we lose one of these guys. That becomes a little more scary. And having someone like Ojemudia stepping up and becoming, may he stay healthy. It scared the hell out of me when I heard hamstring last year. And I was, I was proven right on that one because hamstrings are like voodoo injuries. You just don't know. You're better off breaking an ankle six weeks in and out of the cash. You're ready to go. You've got a timeline. And then, like I said, you've got to, you've got to sacrifice a live rooster or something to make sure that you get your hamstring injury going. So uh, him being healthy again will be huge. And if he can step up and play what we think he's capable of doing, that will be huge. And you will not have very many questions at corner. Yeah, I think Michael O as the cornerback four, he's a big fish in a small pond. Cornerback mm -hmm. two, that's a different ball game, a different environment. And Scott, the Broncos have two cornerbacks in Darby and K1 Williams who have extensive injury history. So Michael O is forever one snap away from being a starting corner. And I want to—I don't know if he's ready for that. I'd want to see how he handles that. But they need someone to step up, whether it be Michael O or Damari Mathis, the rookie, maybe a Sang Bassey. They need that guy, a long-term fixture and for right now, Michael Lowe leads that pack. It's encouraging. And leading the pack is the dancing workout pair with the mic drop coming in from, I had to bring it up. When, when Michael came in with a super sticker, I had to whip up uh, YouTube real quick. So it was the it was the pair with like the, the let's get physical, let's go real old. I'm going to test your old knowledge on this. The uh, uh -huh. Olivia Newton-John let's get physical video with her headband pair and the mic drop. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it and you'll see 
80s personified in one little clip. Olivia Newton-John, let's get physical. It's as 80s as 80s can possibly be. So, Michael, thank you for the mic drop. Super sticker. Uh, I didn't drop the mic, but I appreciate the sentiment for sure. Um, so, yeah, surprises. So, talk about the surprise. I know one of the articles I read on Mile High Huddle was talking about also a couple of interior linemen as being possible surprises because uh, um, Nathaniel Hackett called out Reisner. I believe it was, it was, or was it Glasgow and, and Muti as, uh, as two of the guys that he thought were, you know, really stepping up on the offensive line. He's mentioned them. He's mentioned uh, Cushenberry as well. Uh, he's mentioned Miners as the probable starting right guard. But yeah, the the couple guys who've gotten the most praise to me have been Reisner and Natani Muti. And you wonder mm-hmm. what they're going to do, Scott, at left guard. It seems like Reisner's entrenched uh, at that spot. And maybe going back to his own blocking scheme, a wide zone blocking scheme, would benefit him. We talked about this yesterday. I'll keep talking about it because as a rookie in 2019, Reisner played under Stangarello, who ran that type of Shanahan wide zone uh, run blocking scheme and pass blocking scheme. And I think that can benefit Reisner. He was much better as a rookie than he was at any time in the last couple of years. He took two major steps back. And I think in this scheme, he can take two major steps forward. Oh, man. I mean, again, thinking of the past 12 months, and I know you're like, okay, just as far as like being excited, and it seems like it'll take forever to get here. But having gone through the last 12, 24 months, really, for Broncos fans with Shermer, the quarterback problems, it's just been bad football. You know, there's just, That's, it's just being it's kind, been, you know, there's, you can have losses and still have moments of excitement, but when you're bad and boring, that's a painful, you know, two strikes right there. So, you know, even if it doesn't click and it all goes South, I think we're going to have a lot more fun doing it. It's like, you know, there'll be more big plays. It's, it'll be like, it'll be more like a, a home run team that can't pitch. You know, at least at least we're seeing some offense and we're seeing some we can't close out a game, but hey, it's it's a lot more fun to 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 lose a game nine eight than to watch us one zero where nobody can get a dang hit. It's not even good pitching, it's just bad offense. Bad and bougie good, bad and boring, bad. Life lessons <laughs> brought to you by Scout Kennedy. Yeah, bad and bad and boring. Um now one of the other things that, that kind of came across my desk, and we that's just because I read a title wrong. We started talking about this last week a little bit, Zach, was Pro Football Focus ranked the secondaries. For real this time, not backfields, not offensive backfields, but the secondaries. And coming off the Michael Ojemudi and all the discussion we've had, do the Broncos have enough depth at defensive back? And I'm adamant that yes. I mean, there's never enough. I'm talking relative to the rest of the league. You're in better shape. Than most people. I'm thinking seven, you know, that's what I thought it was. And it was actually the offensive backfield that was a, was a seven. But looking at the pro football focuses rankings for the defensive secondaries right now, the Denver Broncos come in 12th. 12, that's double digits. Now on the surface, I think, okay, that's that feels too low to me. Knowing who wrote it though, I actually have a little respect for them for sticking to their guns. 
because pro football focus and their rankings don't have the Denver Broncos ranked individually very well last year. If you're going to say uh, on an, uh, from an objective, objective, subjective, I'm doing it again, Zach, the, the subjective and my opinion, the grades, Pat Sertan came in almost 40th last year in, in their grading system and 40th at cornerbacks. Well, that's not real good. You know, that's that's everybody having at least one corner better and some people having two corners better uh, in the league. So if you're PFF and you're saying 12th and I'm looking at the numbers based on their grading system, yeah, that makes sense. Now, objectively, or at least, you know, using my head and what I see, and I you call it seat of the pants analytics, that's too low, you know. Pat Sertan was better than the 38th best corner in the NFL, and he's only going to get better. Justin Simmons, his numbers might not have been there. He's really good. Ronald Darby is really good. I just got an upgrade at, at, at a corner, at, at uh, my slot corner for a nickel corner. I'm just talking about Ojemudia. Really good. And this isn't just tunnel vision for me, Zach. I'm looking around and saying, okay, who do you guys rank higher than this? I'm like, no, I don't think so. Well, I'm going to quote you and say, I don't care about pro football focus. I really don't care what one person, where they rank the Broncos. It's their opinion. They're entitled to it. I happen to disagree. I think Scott does as well to an extent. Um, but when you look at the stats, when the, the cold, hard numbers, not these advanced analytics or these, these fart smelling competitions that analysts <laughs> like to have. When you look at the raw numbers, the Broncos were eighth in passing yards per game allowed last year. They were top five in scoring defense three years in a row. And you're going to rank that secondary with two pro bowlers and Simmons and Sertan. You have some talented players like Kareem Jackson. Yes, Kareem Jackson. You have uh, Ronald Darby. You have the younger players that you're excited about. You're going to rank them outside the top 10. Nothing really adds up. And I stopped caring about pro football focus when it came to the Broncos defense. When they listed Simmons, I think it was a couple years ago on their midseason all-pro team, and by the end of the year, he was left off the list entirely, despite him finishing as the number two safety, according to them, in the NFL. So that's their opinion. So if we were making all those numbers, and I know that the efficiency metrics weren't all that great because it felt like the Broncos were always facing third and twos. You know, I don't have to pass for a bunch of yardage when I can just work my way methodically down the field. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good in scoring difference, def defense. My pass defense was pretty good. But my secondary is just, meh, okay, I must have gotten a lot of sacks then, right? Well, no. Denver Broncos was below middle of the pack. If I can count here, 1, 2, 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, about 20th in the NFL in sacks last year with just 36. Uh, meanwhile, the Steelers, Vikings, and Rams were all above 50. Um, <clears throat> the Atlanta Falcons... I just like repeating this because it's so statistically mind-blowing. Had 18, 18 sacks, 11 fewer than the second worst team. If the Atlanta Falcons brought in a guy that brought got double-digit in sacks, you'd be pretty excited. And they'd still finish last. That's how bad they were uh, on defense. But can't rush the quarterback. Not stopping the run all that great. Maybe the defensive backs are pretty good. Maybe. Man, if I'm a, a Giro Evero, this is going on my bulletin board in my office because uh, he's a former secondary coach with the Rams, and now he's the Broncos defensive coordinator, and he's inheriting a really good, I don't care what PFF says, they are a top 10 unit, top 8 unit in the NFL. And uh, again, this is one area where a Broncos coach is going to make the national media eat their words, and I just... 
Can't wait. Let them eat. Speaking of eating some words, Darius Simmons coming in here hey. green. What's up, Darius? Good evening, Zach and Scott. Who has more to prove this year, Judy or Chubb? Both have no excuses this year. Better ball out. Uh, hashtag Denver Broncos for life and let let them hate. Let them hate. Uh, this is a really good question, Darius. And I see some parallels there. But I'm going to throw this one over to Zach first. I want to get his take on this one. It's a really good question, but it's an easy question. There's one guy who still has uh, life on his contract remaining and one guy in a contract year. And the one guy in a contract year plays outside linebacker, edge rusher. That one guy was the top five pick in the draft. He was Von Miller's longtime replacement. There has been more responsibility and more expectation out of Bradley Chubb than on Jerry Judy. Both are in make or break seasons, uh, relatively speaking, but the pressure is on Bradley Chubb not just to remain with the Broncos on a second contract, but to get a second contract from any team around the NFL and not be this mercenary going year to year on prove-it deals trying to find a long-term home. So, yeah, I'm going to go Bradley Chubb easily. I am too, and I think it made me it made me think about it just a little bit. But I, I came to the same conclusion, uh, Bradley Chubb, and, and a lot of it is he's on his contract year, as Zach said, so I'm just kind of repeating what he says. The other one, he's a veteran. You know, he's been there a little bit longer where he's expected to be a leader, veteran leadership on this team in a contract year. This is a hundred million dollar season for him. It, it could be it could be a hundred million dollar season for Bradley Chubb. It's not going to be a hundred million dollar season. At least next year could be, you know, he, Jerry Judy could do it in, the, in any of, either of the next two years. But they're very similar, Darius, which I think it's, it's kind of interesting where Judy had a pretty good, uh, you know, not almost record-breaking and, you know, Pro Bowl type first year like Bradley Chubb did, and then fell off a little bit in year two. Injuries didn't help. Turnover, coaching changes, all the things we just talked, we talked about earlier in the show about the offensive problems that this team have. Hel- didn't help a receiver, a young receiver at that for sure. But I think Jerry Judy has a little more time to prove himself than just this one year where Bradley Chubb is on. This is it, dude. This this is a year where you could have, at worst, a $25 million single season where you get tagged, where where the, uh, the Denver Broncos say, okay, you did it one year in a row, and we're going to tag you. We're going to reward you with a $25 million contract to see if you can do it again. And if you can, we'll go three years, 75 you know, somewhere along those lines, uh, because that's what a premier edge rusher is going to be worth. So great question, Darius. Appreciate the uh, the support with the super chat. And uh, I think Zach and I are in agreement on this one. We're going Bradley Chubb. Yeah, I'm not big on excuse making, but Bradley Chubb has had the luxury of playing under defensive coaches throughout his career as a Bronco in the NFL. Uh, what has Jerry Judy had uh, as a coaching staff? You know, he had Pat Shermer mm-hmm. and Vic Fangio. So I would go definitely easily in uh, in Chubb's direction. I, I'm glad you agree, Darius. And wide receiver is more of a dependent position, which is why right. you know I get upset when you've got a crap team and you draft a wide receiver. It just doesn't help. You still can't protect the quarterback. You still can't get him the ball. Hear that, but, Elway? <laughs> but a uh, you know a, a fire breathing edge can end a play on his own. It can can turn games around on his own. Um, so yeah, it's just getting back to the question. There's, there's, there's high expectations on both. Um, I almost honestly, again, this is a, let me flip this question around for you, Zach, who has higher expectations for this year, Jerry, Judy, or Bradley Chubb? Hmm. 
That's that's a tougher question in my mind. <laughs> Honestly, statistically, I might, I might flip it. Yeah, me too, for sure. Playing with it, that's where I, the, the other end of my argument comes from. It's like, what does Jerry Judy have? Well, now he has Hackett and, and Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. So yeah, I agree with you. I would go Judy in that scenario. Yeah, it, we we haven't seen it out of Chubb. Chubb is disappointed a little longer, comparatively speaking. Um, he's had a defensive coach. He's had it's been injuries. A lot of it's been injuries, but he's had more opportunities. So I don't expect him to make that big leap. I still have expectations that Jerry Judy can, that he can become a thousand yard, 10 touchdown guy. I still have those expectations and I have higher expectations this year for Jerry Judy than I have Bradley Chubb, but Bradley Chubb has, has, this is, he needs to prove more this year if he wants to get that gigantic contract. Andrew Baker coming in with stars trying to work on that new contract for zach said what's up zach and scott and fam that's all y'all uh just a little love being my last for a week heading home to that same old place sweet home chicago i know scott probably knows the blues brothers oh yeah oh yeah we're on a mission from god you know i love the blues brothers have you seen the original blues brothers zach no i know of them i haven't seen it though all right yeah before my time The original Blues Brothers, you know, Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi in a movie that helped make them Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. Great, great, great movie. Um, Again, it's a a must-see. It's it's definitely a must-see. So, Andrew, be careful back there. Um, travels. Good time, uh, probably a decent time to get to Chicago in the middle of summer. So, um, it can be really, really bone-chillingly cold there after summer so be careful going back andrew and appreciate the stars coming in um we're at 45 and counting right here i've seen one of the conversations going on in the chat right now a lot is is basically afc kind of rankings um have you done well, a season prediction so far just even off the cuff no i haven't i see though that a purported Dolphins fan is trolling the comments though I'm not going to give him the name recognition or the uh, acknowledgement but the Dolphins bro are irrelevant we don't care about them we don't even play the Dolphins this season but 2023 best believe we are coming for that ass we are coming for that 27 (laughs) revenge game baby Tua psych we got Russell Wilson we're not paying attention to y'all have fun with Tyreek Hill over and I don't think I don't even know if Tua will be the quarterback next year Oh, they have in Teddy 20, too. Maybe he'll save the day. In twenty twenty three, they're they could be they could be on a different quarterback. You know, I, I like Tua, you know, nothing against him personally, but he's he's got a lot to prove. There was when the last year in a quarterback heavy class, the Dolphins were seriously considering going giving up on on Tua and and moving on and going in a different direction uh, that early. Uh they elected to roll the dice. Again, and he, he was playing pretty well and got hurt last year. So he, he's not there quite yet with uh, with the Miami Dolphins. But I certainly wouldn't want to bet my house that two is going to be the starting quarterback in 2023. Um, that's a that's a long ways. And on Twitch coming in, I want to say hello to our Twitch family coming in. So what's up, boys? That's what Denver up? Luke 1. And I can't tell who that is. That looks like some sort of famous picture that I should recognize as, as the, the thumbnail there. But I don't know who it is, and now I'm embarrassed. Looks like a UFC fighter or something. I thought it looked like a track, like an Olympian or even a boxer. Uh, amateur, though, because it's got like a tank top on. So I don't know. Those thumbnails are is literally it? thumbnails. They're this big on our screen. So 
I think the most embarrassing one I had was Kayleon Green blowing smoke and it looked like 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 a a, a terrier or something. <laughs> or the hat. I think someone had a, someone's wife had a hat on and it looked like the San Diego chicken because it was all yellow. I could just see all the yellow <laughs> coming on here. He's like, dude, that's my wife. I'm like, <laughs> I think I saw that. Possibly. Oh, God. I mean, you saw, I was like, just look oh, closely man. and hide that. And you can start seeing the sweat start coming down my forehead. I'm like, I need to just stop. Yeah, need it's... to just stop. And you were right uh, on that one. So UFC fighter, Macy, Macy Barber. Oh, Luke right on YouTube. Yeah, Luke's around all the time. So just checking us out on Twitch. How do you watch on Twitch, by the way? Also, is this uh do you watch through uh an app, through uh, a console, or I don't even know? Roku? I think it's either. Yeah, like a, like a website browser. There's an app. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big Twitch guy, but it's pretty easy. Well, we'd like to have more Twitch folks on here. Yeah, I think for sure. uh, you might be it, Luke. You might be our Twitch person right now. So hello. Um, I think that's uh, we're getting kind of close. Unless uh, there's any last minute questions, like Naj, oh, I'm going to stick it. around for Naj. Naj, stick bomb. around for Naj coming in orange, saying, "What's up, brothers?" Naj, what's up with you? I don't get to say hello to Naj near enough. That's for sure. So meet and greet. What are we talking about, Zach, for the meet and greet this year? Week September twenty fifth. I think, yep. Is that that sound about right? Victory, so, baby. I'm planning on going out there. Hopefully, it won't be you know too hot. Um, you get uh, you get you get burned out there in that mile high sun. There's like you know you're, you're you get closer to the sun, you you burn. I don't have I don't have enough cover up here anymore. So, but I'm I'm looking forward to. I'm going to try and get out there for that, and hopefully get to meet uh, meet a bunch of y'all. Well, don't worry. By then, you'll have your Mile High Huddle podcast hat finally, Scott. So it'll protect your head from the. You buy me one. I will get you one if you wear it. <laughs> if you promise to wear it, I will definitely get you one. But Naj, appreciate you. Appreciate seeing you as always. Can't wait to introduce you to Scott. You're gonna like him. He's a, he's a firebrand man. He's a great guy. So uh, thank you again, Naj. Well, and Robert Odson coming in here, closing us out uh, with a. It looks like a super sticker. So let me see. It's just uh, like a thanks. So when I, I brought open my chat and heard myself talking, and that gets confusing. I didn't mute that. Um, but Dale, I said, unfortunately, I won't be able to get there to the meet and greet. You know what? This this is a long-term relationship, Dale. Even if it's not this year, we'll do it again. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. So we'll do we'll do several of these. And uh, we, need to do, we need to do an off-season one, uh, yeah. for sure. Do something like that. So, But Zach... Unless you got anything else that you're dying to talk about, I think you can probably get us out of here. I mean, we've kind of covered all the bases tonight, haven't we? Uh, Darius says uh, you guys should go to the game in Vegas. We were at the draft in Vegas, so I don't know if we're going to do it there. But um, we are going to have another meet and greet. We're planning on that on the road to be determined, to be announced. Uh, Stay tuned, guys, for that. But we're, like Scott said, planning to do multiple meet and greets this season. And also, Scott and I are planning to go across the pond for the Broncos-London game. That hasn't changed. That's going to happen as well. But that was... Don't don't shake your head, no, Scott. Don't ruin no, this for I me. Was it's just happening thinking, for me. The fixture the fixture list came out. They call you know matches. They call them fixtures, games, fixtures. So the fixture list came out, but it, it's not re- the real list because it's got all the games on Saturday. They're not all going to play on Saturday. So I think we'll probably we'll probably fly out Thursday, get there Friday morning, and then come home on Monday. So. We'll figure it out. I, I want to get there, and I want to I drag Zach to a match. He'll have a blast. I'm getting my fish and chips. Best believe that. But that was the <laughs> huddle up. God, every single night. That was the, the mile-high mile puddle. God. It's the puddle pod. That was the puddle pod. Yeah, that was the mile-high 
Huddle Podcast, guys, going to be the, the death of me. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can also follow us on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Be sure to check out the merch store at HuddleUpPod.com. Get yourself a hat, get yourself a shirt, all right there. All new merch, all new store, HuddleUpPod.com. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre-safe five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every month. But as you see ticking below you, please, Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like y'all. And programming note, no Broncos for breakfast tomorrow morning, Scott, correct? Yeah, that's correct. I, I'm not available tomorrow. Uh, we're at our end of season 12U World Series playing our eighth game. We're in the quarterfinals, so we could have three tomorrow. So I'm going to be gone. And Nick is not available to go solo tomorrow. So we will not be on, but the uh, the building, the Broncos boys, should be back tomorrow night, uh, 6 o'clock Mountain. Yes. We're back on Thursday. Remember, we're off Wednesday night, so the Mile High Huddle podcast is back on Thursday evening, same time, same place, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. GLP, last-minute uh, contribution. Some stars for some stars. Appreciate you, GLP. You are a legend. Hi, Scott. And Zach, go Broncos, let's ride. Appreciate you, Gary. Hope you're having a great night. That was, though, the Huddle Up. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. I'm going to get off. We're getting off now. That was the Mile <laughs> Huddle Podcast. Take care, and as always, guys, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.